0: This is the Epilogue Audio Experience. Namaste. My name is Yashika, and I am the producer and host of Voice of Achievers from India, a weekly podcast that brings inspiring voices of entrepreneurs, professionals, creatives, artists, and athletes. With each episode, we dive deep into situations that shape the learning curve of experienced individuals. From heart-crushing disappointments to passionate resilience, listen to the stories of these achievers in their own voices. Learn what sacrifices they made, odds they dared, and how they found the inspiration to continue on the paths they chose. Athletic performance is primarily seen as extensive physical training, leaving little room for the importance of mental practices and techniques used by performers. Our guest today began his career as a state-level cricket player, got picked as a bowler for the Indian Premier League and eventually became a mind trainer for athletes and students. A passionate athlete and psychology graduate, Mr. Rajat Sharma is the founder of MindFuel, a center in Chandigarh that helps athletes build mental appetite and attitude. He is also the author of two noteworthy self-help books, The Conscious Destiny and The Mindful Athlete. With a vision to transform the youth by bringing back the ancient Indian practices, he developed and introduced self-mastering programs in schools. His programs are a combination of yogic practices and selected psychological tools that have significantly impacted students and athletes in his state. Welcome to the show, Rajat.
1: Thank you so much, Ashika, for having me on your show.
0: You started your career as a cricket player, got selected as an IPL player for the Bangalore team, but then you suffered an injury and eventually became a psychological mind coach and yoga practitioner. Tell us about this transformation.
1: In 2011, I was a a part of the Royal Challengers Bangalore selection camp. And well before which, uh, I had got a stress fracture on my shin. So obviously, because of which, I was unable to play further. started with my rehabilitation and all, and it took me nearly two years to get fit. After I recovered, I started playing again, but realized I just could not play my natural game. I had uh, kind of lost the spark that an athlete is supposed to have. I realized that physically I was healed, but it was actually my mind that had started to work against me. That phase made me really, really curious. And as I learned that our mind can literally, you know, make or break us, I started to spend a lot of alone time, just self-introspect myself. All this went for quite a long time. And out of nowhere, I started learning things about my own mind and life, which I wanted to share with others. (laughs) So I developed programs for athletes which uh, focus on their psychological health and I got a nice response for that. But I was hungry to learn more. So I basically did a full fledged course in yoga just to learn more about our mind and existence from the yogic perspective. But while I was working with athletes, I felt that I should not limit these programs only to athletes but reach out to more people. So for that, I now organize workshops in schools and educational institutions because the rising psychological problems among the youth are quite alarming. So that's basically how it all started.
0: Since you've been in the field yourself, there are these negative emotions like anger, fear that tend to hit athletes almost at an instant, especially when they're on the field and in such a competitive mind space. Mm -hmm. Tell us how that can be dealt with.
1: My main aim is to make the players get into the zone state at will. I will just give a brief description of what this zone is before I proceed. Zone is uh, basically a state where the conscious mind of a person is totally calm and the subconscious has taken over completely. I will just give a small example to make this clear. Take a person, for example, who has a habit of sleepwalking. Now, while sleepwalking, this person would literally walk anywhere within his house with closed eyes without bumping into anything with full confidence. The reason for this is that this person had a deep inner subconscious belief that he can walk within his house. And there were no doubts being created at the conscious level as being in a sleep state, the conscious mind is not active. Now, if we ask the same person to walk with closed eyes while being awake, his conscious mind would generate uncountable negative, fearful thoughts and most probably, that person won't walk at all. He will be scared of bumping into something. So, the zone is a state where there is a deep subconscious belief in a player that he can play well, he is a champion. Training of the subconscious and most mental trainings They happen off the field. But one thing that players can do on field to remain calm is by correcting their breath pattern. This is one thing that they can do. The way we think is the way we breathe. But also the way we breathe is the way we think.
0: You mentioned that it is about the breath and the breath control which works at the subconscious level. Now this is about practice. About Mm -hmm. how the player practices this way ahead. How about dealing with such negative emotions at the instant? Especially in the ground where the time is not enough.
1: Another thing that players can do to just shift their focus is uh, by focusing only on their role in the game. Now the problem is uh, what players do is they worry a lot about the outcome, you know, or how their performance level would be in the game. That causes a lot of anxiety and negative thought patterns. So what they can do is they only need to focus on what they're supposed to do in the game, focus on their role and not on the outcome to keep their nose under control. This is possibly the easiest thing that they can do. Mm -hmm.
0: But then how do they then work around the right balance between the physical strength and the mental strength? Because the focus primarily is on the physical strength.
1: That's right. In this case, if I just rewind back my own life, we can easily see that post my injury when I started playing again, physically I was healed, but still I could not play my natural game as my mind was not working in my favor. And this is happening with several players who spend hours on the field training but they don't see a lot of improvement. So I would say that mental strength has an upper hand in this case as the psychological state of a person will always show up on the physical body eventually our body literally becomes the kind of mental attitude we have. So, say if a player is, you know, physically very strong, but has no control over his mind, then eventually his physical strength will also fade away as any kind of negativity not only weakens the body, but also the organs. And secondly, the body does what the mind tells it to do. Hence, the mind is like the central processing unit of the body. Now, what players usually do is they try to train their mind by doing several physical drills on the field, which obviously is important for any player, but along with physical drills, several mental drills are also required. Any sport is 90% mental. So all the physical exercises are actually an attempt to make the mind feel good by giving the mind an idea that we have been working very hard by creating strong positive belief patterns. But there are quicker ways of creating these strong inner beliefs, which is done through mind training. So I would say that physical training is undoubtedly very important for any player. But mental training is also extremely important and it needs to be given a proper attention. But it
0: is still the mental training paradox, which is the acknowledgement of the fact that there is an importance of the mental game, but still Mm -hmm. athletes and coaches rarely dedicate enough time to engage in mental practices.
1: Uh, lately, they have started taking up these, these teachings very seriously because like in 2011 World Cup, for example, the Indian team, around four months before the World Cup, they had started working on their mental skills through some South African coach. And even the coaches at the club level, state level, they have started to acknowledge this fact that mental training is very important for any player. And the kind of response that I've got from so many players, I've worked with soccer players and cricket players. So it obviously shows, you know, that people are getting aware.
0: You think there is a positive change?
1: Yeah, yeah, and definitely 100%. So,
0: you work with students and have yeah. developed mind related interventions and practices for high school students. Mm-hmm. So, so, give us three simple psychological strategies that students or young adopt given that there is so much to do with the body nowadays that
1: mm-hmm. there is
0: little or no time for the mind.
1: So, before I Talk about any strategy. I want people to know what the mind is and how it is different from life. So there are basically two aspects when we talk about human existence, which is our mind and body, and second being the life operating within that keeps the mind and body alive. Now, if we look at a mind and body, they are just accumulation of memory. This is point number one regarding the mind. There is conscious, subconscious, unconscious memory, there is DNA memory, genetic memory, cellular memory, heaps and heaps of memory. And this memory controls the thought process, emotional pattern, decision, actions, and therefore life. So point number two for the mind is, it recycles this gathered data which results in compulsive and cyclical thought and emotional pattern. You know, the more you use your mind, the more it recycles this gathered data. The results is negative emotion, things like that. Point number three, very important, the mind is very fickle. It can never be constantly positive or negative. You know, it is the wrong place to look for a lifelong and constant solution. And point number four, It is impossible to control the mind by merely using the mind. Because, you know, the mind is literally it has no brakes, it only has an accelerator. Whenever we try to use the mind, it takes us on a world tour and instead of having no thought, we end up having thousand thoughts. So, in spite of the presence of these limited memory and cyclical patterns, there is a voice within us that wants to expand in every possible way, be it psychological, spiritual or materialistic life. It just wants more of everything. So this is the space of life, the second aspect that I was talking about. First aspect is the mind-body, second aspect is this life. But the problem is, because we mostly only operate through the prism of the mind, This inner force literally loses its power. So instead of using any psychological tools, our only need is to make the mind calm and receptive to this life. Intelligence within expresses itself only when there is no mental resistance. There are no doubts, there is no negativity, only then it expresses. There is a very popular saying that, you know, mind is a wonderful servant, but a terrible master. (laughs) So our need is to show the mind its real place as it only exists to serve that life within. It's just a tool of that life. Now the problem is we have made this tool the ultimate. That is why we suffer. There are psychological problems because we have made the servant into a master. So things like positive mindset, calmness will come, you know, without any effort or strategies if we can make the mind more still and receptive to this life within. To create stillness of the mind and to make it more receptive to life, we will be doing nothing with the mind, nothing at all, because, you know, like I said, it only has an accelerator. (laughs) But instead of focusing on the mind, we will take charge of things that impact our mind. We will never directly approach the mind. So I will suggest three simple things that can be done. One is our eye movement. Second is our body. Third, I'll talk in the end. So now there is a concept called REM sleep, which means rapid eye movement. Meaning of which is that if we see a dream while sleeping, our eyes are actually moving during that process. So this means that our mind and eye movement are connected. That's probably one of the reasons we are instructed to keep our eyes focused on the forehead while we are meditating during our (laughs) yoga class and all. So as to create stillness within. Now the second thing is as per yoga and our mind and body, they are one. They are not separate. Like a person with an anxious mind will never be able to sit still. And you know, I can actually see that people just cannot remain seated and just be there unless they are using their mobile or something. They are totally addicted to mental activity and rushing thing, which isn't good. To rectify these two, there is a very simple exercise. It's called Tratak. In this exercise, basically what uh, people are supposed to do is they are just meant to switch off the lights of their room, sit cross-legged and just lit this oil lamp. Just look at the flame with, without any mental effort. Just look at the flame with a still body and still eyes. Gradually, one would experience that his or her mind has started to become more calm and still. And third thing, this is very important, we should accept the position of the mind as a servant. Meaning we need to practice selfless action. If we just give it a logical thought also, if you just think while we are asleep, something within us is making sure that we continue to breathe. And if that force leaves, the mind-body won't even exist. Even this mind and body are not ours because the breath pattern is controlled by something else. So it would be unfair to say that we have any entitlement over any of the success or materialistic things. If we accept this position of the mind, slowly it will totally begin to fade away. And Mm. as the mind will fade away, our learned limitations too will fade away, along with the resistance. And once resistance goes, life within will bloom.
0: But don't you think that's easier said than done?
1: Uh, No, I don't think so. (laughs) There needs to be some awareness. Otherwise, it is probably the easiest thing to do. I can understand. It feels threatening, you know. Suddenly you are like, oh, I am nothing. I can do nothing. I can be nothing. It feels threatening. I can understand that. But... The fact is, it is only a threat to our limitations. We cannot forget that. All these gathered data is a limitation. It put limitations on us. It is, sounds very difficult to do, but it is just a, th- a threat to our limitations. And once the limitations go, we are totally free. We are a full-fledged human being. We can do whatever we want. We can create whatever we want. It is a little tough and it sounds a little, you know, impossible kind of a thing. But this is the way to permanent freedom from the grip of the mind, once and for all.
0: That takes some bit of practice, doesn't it?
1: Yeah, yeah, of course.
0: To begin with, one should practice it for a good one month to start feeling its relevance.
1: It can happen in one day, it can happen in one year, it might not happen in one lifetime. It all depends on the individual with how much determination that person is doing with.
0: First, be aware, then experience it, then you'd probably start believing it, isn't it? Yeah,
1: yeah. The simplest way to put it as is, I would say... People should accept that the mind and body, their only role is to take action, that's it, full stop, nothing else, no expectation, nothing. They only exist to work, that's it. Only then, it will come back to its true state of being a servant. It's probably easier to work with students, you know, because their inner beliefs and all, they have not strengthened to a very strong degree as compared to adults. And they are very simple minded, (laughs) they are not very complicated.
0: It is like a training that should be given at an early age.
1: Yeah, that's what I'm doing. You know, that's what I'm working on nowadays. Like I organize workshops in several schools and educational institutions. So that's what my aim is.
0: So before we let you go with such heavy thoughts, I think the last that we'd like to ask is that what does achievement mean to you?
1: I wouldn't say that materialistic accumulations are an achievement to me, no matter how luxurious they are. They only help Mm. with survival. And if survival is an achievement to me, then I'm nothing more than some probably animal. (laughs) Survival is not everything, you know. I would say achievement to me is winning the fight that happens within each one of us. That is between the mind and the heart or life that I talked about. So achievement for me is living my life through the space of my real self and not through the learned limited beliefs and perception that I've gathered from a social environment, because I'll gather a lot of limiting things, which really impacted me. And I would say discovering the real potential of being a living being is what achievement means to me. Because if we can do that, if we're we can, you know, get in touch with the life operating within, then automatically we draw everything towards us that the current society considers to be an achievement. Not just merely making myself a living. That's not an achievement. Making myself a full-fledged, throbbing life. That's what achievement is to me.
0: Clearly, you have gone from strength to strength. Thank you so much for being with us and sharing such noble thoughts with us and for the things that you're doing with students at such an early age.
1: Thank you so much for having me on your shirt. It was a very good experience.
0: Thank you for listening. If you like this podcast, don't forget to subscribe to Voice of Achievers and share the link with your friends. Tune in for brand new episodes every Sunday at 11 a.m. Stay updated and stay connected by following us on Instagram at Voice of Achievers. You may also send us guest suggestions or topics that you'd like us to cover with our guests by writing to us. Send out an email to editor at voiceofachievers.com with your name followed by your suggestion. Trust me, we are listening and we cannot wait to share more such voices to empower you.